This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. Right, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, a JC softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, 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 the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know, that crap like that. You know, all this stuff that's contaminated America where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring Little League anymore. As we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, doing better than you? Because it sounds like you're going back to work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back, buddy. I am back. And I'm not liking it, you know. this. My hours got all jacked up, so now I'm going to bed at like 9 o'clock like an old man. And, you know, it's just getting back to the, 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 the throes of things. I, I'm... I can't complain too much. It's nice getting out more, but yeah, quarantine Shane is no more. He is out with the real world, buddy. <laughs> well, speaking of that, that's something that's kind of Mike Leach hit on. Now, of course, we got big news here in the SEC. We're going to jump to it in just a minute here, but we'd like to start with a little humor if we can. Mike Leach asked about a SEC weight loss challenge coming out of this quarantine. This, this, this was too good not to share. Let me go back to one other thing. You said that you've gotten into some good shape. I, I thought personally that you looked uh, nice, slim and trim when you popped on the screen here, which was another reason why we wanted to do this, you know, visually. But I didn't know if you knew that Kirby Smart and there are some other coaches who are having a competition of weight loss during this time. And I didn't know if you wanted to join in with them. I, I could probably set that up for you if you want to compete back and forth with them of who's going to you know, come out of this looking the, the most fit. Well, some of those would have, some of those guys would have a very unfair advantage over me because they have a lot more excess to lose. And so, um, they would just, uh, you know, some of them strategically packed it on for this very moment so that they could shave it off quickly. And so I feel a little vulnerable on that one. 
Yeah, you're on to them. They, you wouldn't stand a chance, to be honest. They, they already are, are off to such a great start with losing all that excess. So, and, and Kirby, I'm not talking about you specifically necessarily, but there are some. You're right. Um, well, the, the thing is, though, we're, we're, we're all a little out of shape coming out of hibernation, you know, and it's kind of that time of year. The trouble is this has been a longer hibernation than you. All right. <laughs> Coach Leach, he's got a point there. I mean, he could certainly we could all lose a few pounds, but uh, I don't think Leach has got a ton to lose. So he may be at a disadvantage on this one. Oh, man, he ain't messing around. He He's. You know, he's, he's always thinking, Mike, you know, I would have just jumped in. I wouldn't have thought about the other coaching situations, but uh, Coach Leach is always thinking ahead, and I like this. Uh, he had a lot of great stuff. I don't know if you got a chance to catch all this interview, but you could probably see it on the uh, SEC Network. They had an interview with uh, Rutledge, and uh, he goes also into a deep dive with Tiger Sauce, man, and I think he's walked away with advertising, man. So uh, Coach Leach... The pirate is going to be uh, advertising for the tiger sauce before you know it. And uh, there was something else. Oh, and uh, did you notice he's uh, he's starting to get on the old Twitter again? Oh man, <laughs> he's easing in. He's easing in with a couple of retweets, a couple of likes. Next thing you know, bam, coach is back. <laughs> well, that's the thing with him. I mean, there was a time there. It seemed like he was sending twenty or thirty a day. Yeah, at three in the morning. <laughs> I'd wake up, just catch up on old, what's going on in the mind of Coach Leach. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that first SEC season, how he's going to handle that. I mean, it's just it's exciting to think about. But speaking of exciting, the main reason we wanted to do this quick emergency pod, mm-hmm. of course, the big news in the SEC, Southern Cal quarterback JT Daniels announces his transfer to Georgia pretty stunning news turn of events here there was a lot of speculation that Tennessee was going to be in the running for JT Daniels then of course this NCAA announced that uh, they will not be granting the immediate transfers uh, waiver transfer to prospects that have yet to graduate so that you know, put JT Daniels' situation in flux. Not a lot of people knew how it was going to play out. And then all of a sudden, you know, I like to crack jokes about how, you know, there's been a lot of five stars there in Athens, but none of them have worked out really under mm-hmm. Kirby Smart. But I think this may be the biggest one yet. I said it on Twitter. I'm going to say it again here. I think this is the move that finally gets Georgia their national championship. Mm. Thoughts on that? Well, so you're going off – so you're assuming that he gets eligibility this season. Is that what you're saying? Well, not necessarily. What I'm saying is he's probably not. Now, I don't don't have any inside knowledge on that, but we'll just see – you know why? It seems like he's transferring because he lost his job. So I don't know if that's a you can get a waiver for that. But hell, it seemed like that. You know that's worked for Tate Martell. So <laughs> my point is this: Georgia is so talented around the quarterback position, and we've seen the difference an elite quarterback can make for mm-hmm. these college teams. It's almost like you can't win a national championship without an elite quarterback. I think Georgia's already got an elite roster. You insert an elite quarterback, whether that's this season, whether it's next season, or 
even the following year. We, we don't know how, how long JT Daniels will stick around, but he is a redshirt sophomore heading into 2020. So potentially we're talking three seasons of play if he's eligible this season. I think mm-hmm. he beats out Jamie Newman. I think he's a better player than Jamie Newman. So my main point there is they don't need you know, the next coming of Peyton Manning. They just need yeah. a really good player that can make the throws when needed, a little bit more talented than Jake Fromm, and we're obviously we're going with this new system. We're opening it up. It's, you know, I don't like the comparisons that I've seen this offseason to LSU and how they just opened it up and magically they, you know, Georgia's going to do the same thing and they win the national championship because there's no Joe Burrow on that roster. There's right. there's no Jamar Chase on that roster. I know George Pickens has got massive potential, but I'm not ready to to put him in that class just yet. Right. So Georgia's very, very close, but I think the difference there with Georgia, you could say they got a hell of a lot better defense than LSU had last year. For sure. So they may not need as many points. Exactly. So you got potentially an elite quarterback here. I don't think the defense, you know, it may not always be the best in the nation, like it's looking like it's gonna be next year, but they're always gonna be top five, top ten under Kirby Smart, in my opinion, the way he's recruiting. So I'm just saying they've locked down a quarterback. You know, we all get excited about these five-star freshmen that we sign. and Oh, my God, he's going to be the next, you know, Peyton Manning. But it seems like you're about 50% hit rate with those guys. What, what kind of – let me ask you, as far as comparison, uh, let's, let's just say he is cleared for the hell of it. Let's say we got a quarterback – controversy going into week one we've got newman on one side we've got jt on the other for for the the man sitting on the couch has no idea what these quarterbacks are going to look like what would they what should they expect from a georgia offensive let's just do both just just do a quick comparison what what to expect if newman is under center what to expect if jt and one other just just throwing this out there, do you think there's a chance that we may see some sort of split quarterback situation? Ooh, I hadn't even thought about that. But, yeah, that'd be interesting. And, <laughs> you know, this is such a weird offseason for Georgia because there's no spring. Mm-hmm. Everything's new. But you add a guy like JT Daniels, and I've already started to see some people they are like, well, hell, he didn't have a spring. How can he win the job? Well, newsflash, neither did Jamie Newman. You know what I mean? So it's not like he's this – yes, he's a senior, but he's not going to have that much experience with these guys. I know he's been working out down there. He's probably got a rapport developed with these receivers, but it's completely different than when you hit the field. And this is a similar situation when JT Daniels went to USC. He, for those that don't know, I've said this before, but he skipped an entire year of high school because he was so dominant for three years. And he said, what in the hell? Why would I go for a fourth year? I've been starting every year. Powerhouse, modern-day program. It's the same program that developed the guys of like Carson Palmer, Matt Leinert, mm-hmm. uh, several of the of the USC quarterbacks. The, the kid that Alabama just got young, I believe that's his school. He, so this was mm-hmm. the kid that followed JT Daniels, if I'm not mistaken. So this is an elite California high school power. This kid was the starting quarterback for three years, threw for over 12,000 yards. You know, I, I believe he won two national, or I don't know if you call it national titles, but state titles. I mean, he was recognized number one player in the nation, and then he just skipped an entire year <laughs> and rated right there with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. 
And that's kind of who he reminds me of, not Justin Fields, but Trevor Lawrence. Okay. So I th- I think he's that caliber of a of an athlete to where he can run if you need him to, but he's obviously more of a pocket passer with a big arm. And I, I just think this is a home run addition. And it doesn't matter if you got Jamie Newman or not. You got to go with a talent like this. This is the same thing I said when Tennessee was interested in him. I thought with JT Daniels, Tennessee had a shot to win the SEC. But obviously, Georgia's roster is a lot better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think this puts them, they were already in the national championship contention, but I think this squarely puts them in contention for that. And man, just what I thought the race between Florida and Georgia could not get any tighter. <laughs> My God, if JT Dales is eligible immediately, I don't know if I would bump Georgia ahead just yet because the same thing I've been saying all offseason still applies. Continuity, particularly at the coordinators, at the quarterback starting quarterback position, all that. I think that's going to be huge for this 2020 season with so much you know, uncertainty and, and unfamiliarity. I think I really think that having, you know, Dan Mullen and Kyle Trask in the system in place, that may still give Florida a slight, slight edge. But I think with JT Daniels, they closed that gap a little bit in Athens. Do you think that this and I'm just I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at this a little bit different. Do you think that this can be used against Georgia? Uh, and the reason I say that is, you know, you went all in to get Newman to come down to Athens. You know what I'm saying? And then you're still shopping for a quarterback. Now, JT, <laughs> like you, you're saying he's he's one of a kind. I get that. You've got to go for it. But what happens if he does get cleared? What happens if he does pass Newman? And Newman just wasted that transfer to come down there and not get any playing time. Do you think – I mean – I, I know the tr- I know the transfer portal is a is a touchy subject. You know, there's always people in it. But do you think that this would look like a bad? I mean, you know what? If you win, I guess it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I just think that this also can be used against them later if uh, we do see uh, Newman getting beat out. Yeah, that's interesting because I've already started to see that reaction, and I could see it both ways. You know. They kind of made a commitment here to Jamie Newman. Mm-hmm. Now they're getting another guy, so that makes sense. I'm seeing people getting fired up about that. At the same time, that's the game of football. You know, we never complain yeah. when they add two five-star running backs. You know what I mean? And they got one's <laughs> got to beat out the other. You know what I mean? But of course, yeah. quarterback is a unique position. You could put multiple running backs in a game, even at the same time. Obviously, not the same with quarterback unless you're running some kind of wildcat package. So, you know, I, I truthfully, I see it both ways, but yeah, I think SEC rivals next time, hell, the next time Dan Mullen and Kirby smart going head to head for a quarterback, <laughs> you can bet your ass. Dan Mullen's <laughs> going to bring this situation up. I don't know whether Excellent. that works on the recruiting trail or not, but uh, I certainly think it's going to be used against them. But as you noted there, Georgia is not going to give a damn if they win the SEC and win a national championship because they yeah. brought JT Daniels on board. Seriously, they're they're playing for now. They're not playing for next year or the year after. They want to win now. And I think I I don't I'm not saying that the window's closing. I just saying it's getting tighter. 
you know, two years ago, we weren't talking about, is it Florida? You know, it was all Georgia. Mm-hmm. And now that Florida's coming up, some of these other teams in the East are coming up. It's just, you know, your window, like I said, isn't getting, isn't closing, but it's get, it's getting closer. So if you sit idly by, you're going to get passed up in the SEC. And I, <laughs> I don't think there's any way around that. Now, JT leaving California, does that have anything to do with the state itself or... Why, why is he transferring out of USC? Yeah, that's a good question because, I mean, you look at this guy and, like I said, number one prospect in the 2019 class before he reclassified to 2018, coming in with all these accolades, coming from a USC quarterback pipeline. It's pretty stunning to a degree. You look at that on paper and say, well, why in the, why in the hell is he leaving if he's so good? Mm-hmm. The situation, as I understand it, so JT Daniels, Lost for the year in the first game of the season last year to a knee injury. And he was putting up all kinds of crazy stats. I don't think it was an impressive team. I think it was like Fresno State or something. Yeah. But then in comes a freshman quarterback named Slovis, who just absolutely went on a tear and apparently fits what USC's offense is a lot better than JT Daniels. And I've even heard that the new or second-year offensive coordinator was a first-year guy last year, Graham Harrell. You know, he got offers to be a head coach, but he decided to stick around because he's got such a good connection with this Slovis quarterback. So you look at all that, and it looks like JT Daniels, as good as I think he is, he probably would have been the backup there at USC. So it, I don't know, it's just a weird it's, – it's so weird to have a quarterback of this caliber having to <laughs> – Go sit on the bench if he goes back to another school. But I think that uh, it says more about how good Slovis is and his fit for that offense than it is something bad about JT Daniels. Who And I should note this. I don't I don't know that he's 100% back from that knee injury. Yeah. So there, there, is an oppor- there is a chance. He's eligible this year. Jamie Newman still beats him out because Jamie Newman's got no injuries to worry about. Right. So that's also something to consider. That's, that's something Georgia fans have to think about. But I don't know. If he's 100%, I don't know his rehab through all this coronavirus. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another mystery right there. So that's that's something to think about. What about a Monk and – what kind of style of offense, Georgia, you think is going to be running? I mean, because I mean, it feels like these are two different styles of quarterback. So uh, which one do you think is going to fit uh, uh, Todd's scheme? I think it's JT Daniels because he's, this is going to be an NFL-style system. You know, today's modern NFL style, I should say. Mm-hmm. I don't want to – they're not going back eye formation or anything. But <laughs> spread the field, you know, deep passes, which Jamie Newman can do as well. But I don't know. I think that's what uh, JT Daniels was playing at USC. That's similar yeah. to what he's going to – that's probably why he picked Georgia. That's why I think he was considering Tennessee because – because Jim Cheney's going to run something similar to that. So, you know, I, I think they both fit it, but I think JT Daniels fits it a little bit better. That's something to consider as well. So who's winning the East, Mike, you say? <sighs> I, <laughs> I still still have Florida for now because we don't we don't know if JT Daniels is going to be eligible. If he's eligible, yeah, I might be flipping that pick. All right, man. That's a, it's a big get for him, man. Big get. Last thing I wanted to note on here, because uh, I just thought this was very interesting, that uh, the entire audience should want to hear this information and, and would appreciate hearing it. But uh, Will Muschamp was on the Paul Feinbaum show here on Thursday, 
asked about how South Carolina is handling their players returning to campus, and I've heard very similar things from other places around the SEC. So I think this is a guideline being you know, set from the SEC. They're really trying to, you know, you, you don't want 13 schools doing it right and then one not knowing what to do or two not knowing what to do, or ex for example. So I think they're getting these guidelines, and this will give you a, a really good understanding of what these players will be going through as they return to campus in the coming days and they get back into the weight room on June 8th. Let's talk about what's going to happen next because, uh, I mean, I know that protocols are already set, but uh, when, when players get in, uh, what's it going to be like? Well, you know, what we've got set up is on June 1st, we'll be testing our team for COVID-19 and we'll be doing the antibodies test as well. And it normally takes 48 hours to 72 hours to get those tests back. Uh, once we get those tests back and they are negative, uh, we'll have to do physicals for all of our players again. We've been laid off for so long. And normally it takes, you know, about 24 hours to 48 hours to get some things back on blood work, EKGs, different things. We take them through a, through, through a, a thorough physical and then on Monday, on June 8th, we will start back working out. Our guys will work in clusters of four. It's not done by position or not done by the side of the ball. It's done by who they live with and who they're going to be around. So clusters of four will enter the building together. We will have, take their temperature, ask them if they felt any symptoms change from uh, breathing issues or anything like that. Uh, we'll take them straight to the weight room, and they'll get their workout in, and they'll, they'll be able to run. Like I said earlier, we're very fortunate to have a 20,000-square-foot uh, weight room. In the state of South Carolina, they, they, they want five people for every 1,000 square feet. So we're going to be able to get 20 to 25, 28 guys in there at a time, and we're going to have four to five different groups throughout the day. But once one group leaves, they'll leave through the weight room door. Uh, the next group, we, we will have 30 minutes to sanitize the building of where those guys worked out and where those guys walked through. And then we'll have the next group coming in, and they'll come in by fours. We're just trying to limit, eliminate the exposure that they have to people. Uh, to, to people from the outside especially. But I certainly think it's a safer environment here on our campus, in our weight room. Uh, and, again, like I said earlier, I think we've got a very good plan in place. All right. So, I mean, so much attention to detail here. Even They're not even allowing them to use the same, you know, entry points and exit points. Mm -hmm. You know, one's, one way's in, one way's out. Yeah. And you may think this is overkill, but I really appreciate the fact they're doing all this because they just want – college football as much as we do, and mm -hmm. if they're taking too many precautions, that's significantly better than not enough. And if they continue to go about it this way, we're going to have college football, and I think this is the, the right way to do it. Absolutely, man. I, I expect extreme isolation. That's uh, Seriously, I think that's what's coming. I think, floor, I think the, the football players – will not interact with any any other students, any other people. I think food will be delivered. I, I just think during the season, that's what we're going to have. Um, and, and they're going to they're gonna spin it as protection for the athletes, yada, yada, yada. But it's protection for the sport, Mike. That's what it is. And, and that's what I fully expect to see. I mean, hell, they got GPS on shoulder pads. They can tell you where you're going. You don't think they ain't going to be able to track these kids leaving campus or not you know they're going to make sure every time they enter that facility that they have no signs of of the COVID-19 because if they do they're pulled man yeah and look at it this way I mean this would be my message if I'm one of these coaches you know we've been hyping up this game for months Georgia at Alabama September 19th 
what happens if half the roster <laughs> for one of these teams tests positive <laughs> or, or it doesn't even have to be half the roster, but it could be like five key players test positive the week of the game. They ain't playing for the marquee game. Yeah. So, you know, that would be my message is you want to play in these games. I mean, it's almost like a suspension for, you know, whatever whatever the hell, you know, you get suspensions yeah. for these days. So uh, you want to avoid that at all costs because if you're missing these games, you know, I, that's going to be kind mm-hmm. of funny to see, though. If, I mean, I would imagine they'll say, you know, if someone does have coronavirus and they can't play, and then they say, well, he's suspended for violation of T-Rolls. <laughs> I, I could imagine that's going to happen, but it'd be kind of hilarious if it did, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's going to be the opposite. You know, it's I, I, I think if we do have a situation, you may not see them, and it may be some an injury, right, you know, right. or lower leg injury. I could see them trying to cover it up, but I don't know, man. This is these coaches and these programs. They do not like to talk about suspensions. You know, they like to keep all that in the dark. Yeah. And if they don't come forward with that information, you know, they don't have to give like all the details or anything. But if they are just such and such players not playing, like Dan Mullen, like right before kickoff mm-hmm. announces, you know, six players suspended. Everyone's going to be asking, "Well, hell, do they got they got coronavirus?" Like they're going to have to they're going to have to come forward, I think, with these suspensions <laughs> a little bit more clearly this year. Yeah, just to clear the air, just so that there's no fears or suspicions or or whatever. You know what I mean? So I think they're just going to have to come mm-hmm. out and say, "Oh, Billy, he was out late last night," you know, and we warned him. <laughs> so I, I think that may be the way we're yeah. we're doing it. No, and I, I think Muschamp's got it. I, I think. I don't think he's the only university that's going to be doing this four-team deal, just getting these guys back in shape. You know, um, I, I think this is smart because you got kids coming from all over, all over different places. You know, you never know what they've been exposed to as well. So this is the way. This is the way you, you do it. Um, you know, there's a lot smarter people out there making these plans. So uh, I think they'll. I think we're going to have college football, and I think. If anybody, like I said, has an elevated temperature or they think they got it, I'm, I'm telling you, the medical staff is monitoring these kids every single day. You know what I'm saying? So there's not a safer place for them. Absolutely. Well, that's all we got on this one. I just really wanted to hop on here, talk some JT Daniels because it was such big news. But uh, you got anything else, Cousin Shane, before we hop off here for the week? Have you ever had tiger sauce? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Leech is on something, man. It's some good stuff, brother. There's a there's a uh, a hoagie shop down here, and uh, they get the tiger sauce. I'll tell you what, you there's not a better sandwich in the world if you ask me. So, but then I found out. I thought for the whole, I thought for the longest time that they exclusively had the tiger sauce. <laughs> so then I found out is everyone has it. So apparently, this I haven't been back. You know, since I found out that news, I haven't got. You know what? Maybe they don't have the best sandwiches. They just got the best sauce. So, man, pirates onto it. But no, that's all I got, man. Well, you're making me hungry, so it's time to hop off here and eat some dinner. But uh, that's going to do it for this one. Thanks for joining me. As always, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls.